Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. China has been in the headlines a lot this past week, with news surrounding especially political freedom and religious persecution. What's going on there? Well, there's way too much to cover in a short episode of All Things, but I like to take it global every few episodes to keep our eyes lifted up off of ourselves and our nation and our condition, and to ponder for a moment what's happening around the world. What is God doing overseas? What is happening with His people elsewhere? So I want to recap just a few of the headlines coming out of China in the past couple weeks that surround political and religious freedom. The first headline that I want to share comes from the BBC. The BBC reported this week that Islamic mosques are disappearing in China's far western region of Xinjiang. The BBC has found evidence of the increasing control and suppression of Islam, including the widespread destruction of mosques and the destruction decreasing size and even disappearance of Muslim communities, as well as crackdowns on practices such as having long beards in Islamic communities. Where are these Muslim communities going? Why are the people disappearing? Well, a BBC correspondent in China visited what's called thought transformation camps in Xinjiang, and they are thought to be holding more than a million Muslims. I have linked in my show notes several videos from the BBC, and I highly encourage you to go watch them. You can see with your own eyes where mosques used to be present and where they are now missing, where Muslim communities used to live and they are now missing, and where these thought transformation camps are popping up all over the region. Another startling headline comes from London a couple days ago. It's about organ harvesting in China. Now, there have been rumors of organ harvesting in China, pretty commonplace, circulating for the past 20 years or so. The Chinese government either denies them or downplays them. But it's been rumored for decades that Chinese prison guards forcibly remove vital organs from prisoners and then sell those organs on the black market. Well, Well, in 2018, the International Coalition to End Transplant Abuse in China formed a tribunal to investigate these rumors. They held hearings and interviewed witnesses, and this past Monday, they released their report. The tribunal found that China has indeed and continues to harvest organs of prisoners of conscience, especially Falun Gong practitioners and Muslim Uyghurs, and that there is even evidence that potentially points to genocide of these two people groups. The tribunal chairman said very many people have died indescribably hideous deaths for no reason. During the investigation, the tribunal heard testimonies from former Falun Gong and Uyghur prisoners who reported undergoing repeated medical exams, blood tests, and ultrasounds while they were imprisoned. They even talked of prisoners having... um, vital organs removed from them while they were yet living. A um, Uyghur doctor said that he harvested the liver and kidneys of a prisoner while the man was still alive. According to World News Group, the tribunal found that China has incredibly short wait times for transplants. It is actually a booming industry in the country as foreigners are coming to China in order to get transplants quicker. China claims that they there are about 10,000 transplants a year. However, the tribunal found by using hospital records and the claims of individual doctors that in 2016, the actual number is somewhere between 60,000 and 100,000 transplants per year. Another headline coming out of China comes from the island of Hong Kong, which was formerly a British colony and has been a part of China since 1997 under the one country, two systems principle, meaning that while Hong Kong is considered part of China, Hong Kong residents enjoy freedoms that are not seen in mainland China. 
There are thousands of protesters gathered even right now, right this minute as I record, to protest a very controversial extradition bill that would send Hong Kong residents accused of crimes to mainland China to stand trial. So the bill essentially rips freedoms from Hong Kongers as political or religious or economic activities that they are allowed to enjoy and participate in in Hong Kong are illegal in mainland China. So while mainland China has their eyes on what they consider to be dissidents in Hong Kong, those people are free in Hong Kong. But under this bill, they would be sent to China to stand trial. In the past few years, the Chinese Communist Party has increasingly encroached on Hong Kong, despite a promise to give the region autonomy until 2047. People from all across Hong Kong, ranging from young to old, are understandably angry and concerned about their promised freedoms being taken away and them being sent to China to undergo trial and undoubtedly imprisonment. Last Sunday, protest organizers estimate that nearly 2 million people attended a march against the bill, making it the biggest protest in the city's history with more than a quarter of the population participating. And that march was the second. The first one was the um, afternoon of Sunday, June 12th, the Sunday prior. And that march saw police throwing tear gas, shooting rubber bullets, and firing pepper spray on protesters. Although the Hong Kong chief executive, Carrie Lam, announced on Saturday that she would suspend the bill, protesters nearly doubled still in number from one Sunday to the next. They were just infuriated after police used excessive force on young protesters. And we see even today that the protesters are still gathering. You may have seen videos coming out of Hong Kong all last week of massive crowds of protesters singing, sing hallelujah to the Lord. While Christian groups have been a highly visible presence in these protests and sing hallelujah to the Lord has become the protest's unofficial anthem. The one-line song has been heard nearly non-stop and sung at times by enormous crowds. It has even been written on cardboard signs, on t-shirts, on umbrellas. These singers say they hope to bring peace to what has been and could continue to escalate and be an increasingly violent situation. The timing of the protests in Hong Kong feel especially poignant because of the world because we as the world recognized the 30th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre just on June 4th a couple weeks ago. Now, I don't know how old you listeners are, but I remember as a 10-year-old watching on TV as guns were fired and tanks were rolled over students who had assembled in Beijing. The students assembled, the university students assembled in Tiananmen Square in Beijing. They had been gathering for a couple months demonstrating and asking for more openness from the Chinese Communist Party. They were asking for a multi-party political system, an independent judiciary, rights for students, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press, things that we just take for granted here in the United States. And the West was fascinated at that time by the demonstrations and the bravery of the students. And so their activities were broadcast to us across the globe on a daily basis. Well, in the early morning of June 4th, loudspeakers in Tiananmen Square announced that the Chinese Communist Party in the name of the nation was going to eliminate the protest and that they did. In a press conference the next day, Chinese State Council spokesman said an estimated 300 people had died, mostly soldiers. And the actual death toll is unknown, but a declassified U.S. cable placed the death toll at between at least 500 and more likely 2,600, with about 10,000 people injured. So this year's 30th anniversary commemoration of Tiananmen Square in Hong Kong saw a record turnout of 180,000 people. Hong Kong's having their own battle for democracy right now, and it mirrors the struggle in Tiananmen Square from 30 years ago. 
Well, I want to share with you on all things, one striking legacy of the Tiananmen Square massacre. And that is that the the rise of Christianity, Christianity that exploded after Tiananmen Square. Before 1989, China had about 5 million Christians. Estimates now range from 50 million to 80 million. Fengang Yang is a professor at Purdue University. He's director of the School Center on Religion and Chinese Society. And I listened to a really interesting interview by him, um, of him from World Radio uh, last week. Yang said, the decision to send tanks into the Tiananmen Square, that really shook me and made me think about issues of life and death and think about religion. The 1989 demonstrations and the massacre is a turning point that triggered the search for religion among the people, people of all walks of life. And since 1989, the increase of the number of Christians is dramatic and continuous. Nobody had really anticipated that would happen. After 1989, the fastest growing religion has been Christianity. That is the most important legacy of 1989 and Tiananmen Square. So I wanted to share that with my listeners on all things today to remind us that we serve a God who brings life from death. He works in unexpected ways. When we are weak, he is strong. His name will be proclaimed and known amongst all people groups across the globe. Nothing can shut out that light. Nothing can shut out that life and that truth, not even military tanks. While we as believers in Christ must work to protect all lives, we must be on the side of justice and whenever possible, push back against such acts of darkness. But let's never forget that our God reigns and he will indeed have the last word. Interestingly, most Chinese don't know the history of Tiananmen Square. A recent study indicates that only about 15 out of 100 current university students in China recognize that iconic photograph of one lone university student standing bravely in front of military tanks. That's only 15% of university students know the truth about Tiananmen Square. China has been incredibly successful in cracking down and shutting out its own history. So what do all these recent headlines in China have in common? There's the crackdown and even the disappearance of Muslim mosques and Muslim people. We've got these newly built and very crowded thought transformation camps. We've got this tribunal's finding of tens of thousands of forced organ donations on the black market, targeting especially the minorities of the Falun Gong and Uyghur people. We've got the encroachment by mainland China into Hong Kong. And we've got this commemoration of Tiananmen Square 30 years later in the realization that only 15% of young people know what happened. What is going on in China? Well, personally, I can testify that many of my personal friends and colleagues who have been serving in China have had to flee the country over the past year. Police there have been systematically detaining and interrogating foreign workers, Christians, and missionaries. Christian workers have simply been forced to leave. It's clear that Beijing and the current regime in China has a plan to sinicize the religion there, meaning to make the religion in China nationalistic. They are placing the religion under the authority of the Chinese Communist Party, and as President Xi Jinping tightens his control over all aspects of Chinese society, he's tightening control over religion as well. There has definitely been a shift and uptick in persecution. China used to uh, is currently number 27 on the world watch list for persecution, meaning it's the 27th worst country in the world for persecution of Christians. And just since January of 2019, it rose 16 spots on that list because of this spike in persecution. Open Doors, uh, a ministry to persecuted Christians around the world, reminds us that the expulsion of missionaries in China 
China also provides an opportunity for local believers to step into roles left behind and even to step out into cross-cultural missions. Rather than to despair, they encourage us to remember the last time China expelled foreign missionaries from its shores in 1949, by the grace of God, the number of Protestants in China tripled during the oppressive 27-year rule of Chairman Mao Zedong. So, and we've seen that legacy with Tiananmen Square and may it happen again. You and I must absolutely be concerned and even seek out ways to protect um, believers in China, Christians in China, as well as just freedom in China. But with Paul, the Apostle Paul, we can also say, may we believe that the church in China, while it is hard pressed on every side, it is not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. May they and may we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life, life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. So what can you and I do? Well, first of all, we must simply just know what is happening around the globe. We cannot be ignorant or naive. We need to know what's taking place even in China. And may we pray. May we stand in the battle with our brothers and sisters in Christ in China. This battle is not against just flesh and blood and governments and rulers um, and political parties, but it is against the power and the principalities of the spiritual realm. Let's pray that Chinese Christians will persevere and those that who do not yet know Christ will come to know him in this age of persecution. Of course, we should be supporting missions and missions agencies and the efforts to proclaim Christ in China. Talk to your pastor or research on your own. Who's doing that and how can you be a part of it? And then thirdly, I just want to encourage you to maybe consider hosting a Chinese student in your home next school year. Did you know every year 300 to 400,000 Chinese university students come from China to study in the United States every year, 300 to 400,000. Maybe you could host one in your home. Maybe you could practice hospitality in this way, share meals, share conversation, share church, share holidays, share Christ, share Jesus with visiting students. It may very well be their only opportunity ever to hear the good news of Christ. So while China feels very far away and you and I may feel very hopeless in the face of such a strong regime. It's important that we know what's going on there. It's important that we pray. And it's important for us to look for opportunities to serve the Chinese, especially students, when they arrive on our soil. Thank you for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now.